the Jose Show. Jose Show. And welcome to another exciting episode of the Jose Show. I am your host, Jose Roldan Jr. And today we have a very special guest all the way from Iowa. That is way up there. I'd like to introduce to you Matthew Holland. Uh, welcome to the show, Matthew. How are you doing today? Doing good, Jose. Thanks for having me on. Good, good. Now, um, people are probably wondering, you know, uh, now uh, let me say Matthew owns a He's a sawyer. He owns a company called Heartland Timber LLC, and you know he takes logs and he'll he'll talk about it and cuts it up into pieces that you can use to make stuff out of. So we'll we'll go there. But uh, let me just give you a brief history of how I found uh, this gentleman. Now on Netflix they have this show uh, called Big Timber, and you know here lately I've been uh, watching more of a reality documentary type shows because. Uh, with podcasting, it's a little bit easier to actually get a hold of people on these types of shows than it is actors. And uh, so I went on to the, it's called Winstop, which is the people that actually are in Big Timber. And he had made a comment, and then I kind of looked at his little icon on his uh, Facebook page, and then that's how I contacted him. I looked at some of the stuff that he does, and, uh, you know, it's just amazing how you find people like that. But, you know, there's people out there that does stuff that, you don't know what they do, and I'm bringing this to everybody's attention, so that way, you know, if they ever want to contact him for something that he could do and he could ship it to you, or if there's anybody local in your area, this is stuff that these people do that is fantastic and is creative. So, um, Matthew, if you can kind of go ahead and explain uh, to everybody, like, what you do and and stuff like that, and we'll go from there. You bet. Uh, so, what I do is uh, I'm a sawyer. I own and operate a sawmill. Um, it's a wood miser HD40 fully hydraulic sawmill. So it just kind of saves wear and tear in your body. Um, so yeah, so what I do is I go on either Facebook market page or Craigslist, even word of mouth, and uh, even called up tree companies um, that are taking trees down or someone's had a tree blown down in their yard. And instead of taking those trees to the dump, uh, what I like to do is I like to reclaim them, um, you know, take the whole whole tree trunk, load it up on my trailer, take it back to my sawmill. And then what I'll do is I'll cut that into to boards, either dimensional lumber, which is four sides square, or the kind of the big thing these days is uh, it's called live edge slabs, or basically mm-hmm. you're just taking that sawmill or you're taking that log and you're just slicing it up into you know, one inch thick pieces, two inch thick pieces. Um, so I will do just that. I will put it on my sawmill, get it cut up. And then there's, there's a drying period. Usually I'll let the, uh, the woods sit for, you know, six months, um, stack it, sticker it, you know, let air gap go in between every slab and let that free moisture just kind of evaporate off the slabs. And then after that, I will take it to a, a kiln, a heated kiln, which, you know, heats the wood up to 100 degrees to 140 degrees and really gets that moisture content down below 10%, where then I can sell that wood to furniture makers, um, carpenters, and they can use that wood, make whatever they want, um, and then put it in your homes. Wow, I wish you uh, lived like in the same city that I'm at because (laughs) behind me, um, it wasn't even a hurricane or nothing. I have a big old tree branch, and it's probably, well, nobody can see it but you. 
it's pretty big around, and obviously, you know, I can't lift it, so I'm going to have to get the old little bitty chainsaw and try to cut it piece by piece. But, uh, man, you should live right next door, and you could take it for me, you know. <laughs> you but, um, well, that's kind of interesting. That's, uh, that's a lot of uh, – that's a big process just to uh, – I didn't realize you have to let it sit there for that long in order to, to dry out the moisture, which I, I guess I can understand. I mean, um, in order for a piece of wood to, to – man, I didn't realize wood has that much moisture in it. It does. It's crazy. Yeah. It does. So, so okay. So, let me ask you this: Is this your like a side gig, or is this your normal forty-hour workweek job, or can this be a forty-hour workweek job alongside of if you have a regular job? You bet. Um, right now, for me, it's just a, a side job, side gig. I do work a full-time job. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool if I could turn this into a full-time job someday. Um, I've been doing this part-time around the side for about almost three years now. So, and it's every year it's gradually gotten bigger, um, kind of, yeah, just, uh, either acquiring, you know, a sawmill for instance, um, we're looking to purchase a, a big telehandler, a big piece of equipment that can take these logs, kind of like a forklift, take these logs, transport them around, um, put them on the sawmill, just, you know, saving wear and tear on the body. But yes, um, Yes, to answer your question, hopefully someday it becomes a full-time job, but uh, that's yet to, yet to happen. Hey, you never know. Stranger things have happened. And, uh, you know, to me, from seeing some of the stuff that you've done, I consider you a craftsman. Obviously, I can't do it. Now, I know here in my area, we have two sawmills, you know, like a, I guess you could call it a mom-and-pop sawmill, one in Plant City and then one up in Dade City, which is two cities in between me. Okay. And um, now I've never been to them, but man, they sure have a lot of sawdust piling up. And and I don't know what all they make there. They may do what you do. I'm sure they do two by fours and and stuff like that. But it's actually um, a pretty interesting um, thing to see. I mean, uh, you go to some of these big places like Home Depot. I'm sure they get theirs from big commercial places. And uh, but I guess the process of watching um, places like this sawmills do this stuff is probably pretty interesting. Now, um, I noticed on Facebook, you said, uh, you have all these huge logs, like what is the biggest one or, or in diameter that you've ever had to uh, pick up? All right. So actually I just, uh, picked one up yesterday. It was, I'm going to say an average, probably 36 inches in diameter. Um, is just shy of 15 feet long. So it was big and it took all of my log arch trailer to get that thing loaded and uh, get it taken to a bigger sawmill that I do not own or operate um, where they can actually, you know, cut the, cut the wood into slabs for me. Okay. So you have, you have like a big flat, uh, flat trailer that you put these logs on. That's correct. Yep. I've got a 14 foot trailer, uh, dual axle trailer it can haul 14,000 pounds. Um, and I, I made a log arch. So basically what a log arch is, is, you know, the St. Louis arch. It's a big arch. So yeah. basically I have something like that, an apparatus like that on the back of my trailer that kind of pivots. And then I've got a big heavy duty cable winch that I will hook to that log arch. I will then chain up the tree. And then as I, you know, move that arch back and forth, it lifts and pulls the log up onto my trailer. So, you know, loading them is fairly easy. Unloading them, yeah can be a different story because there's other than uh, chaining the log up to a tree and then pulling away with the truck and trailer or having a big piece of equipment to, you know, pluck the log from my trailer. There's 
you know, no other way to really unload them other than and, those. And you things. do this all yourself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> man, man. God, good Lord. That's gotta be, uh, that's crazy. You know, you gotta be careful because man, one of them logs lands on you or rolls on you. Um, you know, you're going to feel it. Now, one of the things that, uh, you kind of answered my question before I even asked, you know, I had sent you uh, some questions, uh, Roughly, what does one of these logs cost? But generally, you get them for free, so it doesn't really cost you anything. But do you actually sometimes have to buy logs um, if you're going to make some type of uh, piece of wood for somebody to buy or to make furniture out of? I do. I actually probably purchase, I'm going to say, 60 to 70% of the logs that I have, um, just because around here, like mainly what I deal in is black walnut, and black walnut's a very desirable wood. And word of mouth spreads pretty quickly. Um, so people know, well, hey, I have a black walnut tree. This thing is worth some money. So, yeah, I'm fine with paying for timber. That's fine. You just have to know your market. Yeah. Know like how much you can process it for, what that'll cost you. And then make sure you can mark that up enough to where you get a good return to make this business work for you. Um, so, just for instance, that log that I was just telling you about that I loaded yesterday, mm-hmm. I it was a big walnut tree. It had that log plus maybe two, two small other logs. I paid roughly $700 for, but wow. you know, then you can turn that around and you, you know, after processing fees and whatnot, you can make a pretty decent process because it was a black walnut log. Wow. See, I've never heard of black walnut. Now this is going to be a dumb question because I don't know. Um, does black walnuts produce like the tree nuts where you can actually eat them or do they like the walnuts that you buy at the store? Is that a black from a black walnut tree? Yes. Okay. See, I did not know. So I guess it wasn't a dumb question. You know, it's no, not at all. That's why, that's why I like doing this podcast because now somebody's going to say, wow, I've always wondered where the walnuts that we eat on our tabletop or wherever, where they came from. So that's pretty cool. You now bet. I've never been to Iowa. Um, I've flown to Washington state in Idaho. Uh, yes, Idaho. Um, the scenery there is beautiful. Is there a lot of trees? I mean, is it very heavy populated in your area or is there just more land than there is people? There's, you know, Iowa, you know, the heartland of the, you know, farming agriculture, there is a a ton of cropland. There are certain spots in Iowa where it is more timber and more hills than others, but it's, you know, the majority of Iowa is just cropland, corn and soybeans. And, you know, it's funny. Um, I'm from Delaware, and uh, man, do, I, I don't remember the actual season. I think it was during the summer, maybe the winter, but I can't remember. Um, as you're driving to my brother's house, there are so many cornfields, it is just outrageous how much corn people grow. Yeah. And I remember as a kid going through the cornfields, and um, they had this bug called, a, I don't know, it was called a stink bug. It, it got on my lip, and it made my lip like it stunk and it tasted nasty and it's like oh crazy i'm not crazy about corn (laughs) but uh now i know you talk about black walnut but is there a type of wood that is harder to mill Uh, you know as far as i mean you got a big saw that's cutting this stuff but is there something that is a little bit harder to cut because maybe it's more solid or or anything like that absolutely absolutely um so like black walnut on the Janka, it's called a Janka hardness scale. It is, it's a very hard wood. Um, hickory is real tough to saw. I'm not sure what it is about the wood fibers, but you burn up saw blades left and right, cutting that stuff up. Um, 
So yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you know, and you go all the way down to like a pine tree, those things, you know, you cut through it like a hot, hot knife through butter. Um, just easy to get through. Uh, they, they do make different degrees of saw blades for softwoods all the way up to the really, really hardwoods. So that's kind of a trick trying to have kind of an arsenal of different types of saw blades with different degree angles, you know, to either cut frozen logs, hard, hard, hardwoods, or the really soft woods. Wow. See, then again, I did not know that. Um, wow. Uh, pine, you can cut through like butter. That's actually pretty cool. Now, um, like I had said earlier, uh, how I found you was with uh, that TV show, Big Timber. Yeah. Now, when you started watching it, what did you think? Was that the first, obviously the first time you've seen it? Uh, what is your thoughts on that show and seeing all this, all these logs and timber and trees and all that stuff they got? Yeah, well, um, I, I've watched similar shows to that just on, uh, I don't know what it was, Discovery Channel. I can't remember the names of the shows, but first time seeing Big Timber, you know, it wasn't anything new to me. The only other, other dimension that that show had was they actually showed the sawmill process, which interests me greatly because I'm always trying to pick up on new techniques, um, different pieces of tooling or equipment that they might use that, you know, would benefit me. Um, I'm not anywhere near this, the scale, the size that they are, you know, yeah. I mean right now. But uh, yeah, I guess the big thing was just seeing their sawmill process, seeing the tools that they use. They got a big, they got a big area there in, in uh, Canada. Yes, now, um, one of the other things I was going to ask you, I've seen some of, and actually, let me let me bring it up right now while we're talking your Facebook page, and you know, I see some of the designs. You know, the trees seem to be so beautiful because they have so many different types of designs and uniqueness to them. Now, do you also cut them in like thin slabs for people that make uh? Like clocks, I've seen people make clocks out of stuff like that. Do you also cut them that thin or not thin, but they're pretty thick, but for clocks and. You bet. Absolutely. Um, so I think I keyed in earlier. I do cut, you know, right around two and a quarter to two inch slabs and all the way down to one inch slabs. I like to cut them <clears throat> when I cut them, they're wet, obviously. And I know they're going to, they're going to shrink up a little bit when they dry. So, you know, say somebody wants a finished piece at three quarter inch thick I'll make sure I, I saw that lumber to inch and a quarter, inch and an eighth. So by the time it gets dried out to where they can use it, it's down to one inch. And then with that one inch slab, you know, if it has a cup or twist to that piece of wood, mm -hmm. then that gives them a good quarter inch to, you know, surface that slab, plane it down, work with it to get it perfectly flat on all sides. So yeah, um, you know, charcuterie boards, cutting boards, um, have a lot of people going after the one inch thick stuff for those types of crafts or uh, furnishings. What is a charcuter charcuterie board? Oh, it's uh, so like a meat and cheese tray, vet uh, vegetable tray. It's just, uh, you know, you have to Google it. It's just okay. a big piece of wood with, you know, kind of a fancy little handle that they cut into it. And they just, you know, serve fruits, vegetables, meat and cheeses, crackers, kind of like a party, party tray, I, I guess. Man, I'm learning all kinds of new things today. I've never heard of that. I mean, I may have, but it's one of those things that's back in your mind. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a commercial break. You're listening to The Jose Show on Turfs Up Radio. 
playing the best music. Hands down and dirty. Turf's up radio. 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 Your industry, your station. Welcome back. You're listening to the Jose Show. I am your host, Jose Roldan Jr. And today we're talking with Matthew Holland. And uh, welcome back, sir. Um, yeah. yeah, that's uh, the the radio station that I'm on. It's called Turf's Up Radio. It's dedicated to the green industry. Um, so, like, if you're a landscaper. Um, you know, it's a, it's pretty cool, cool radio station. And I appreciate them for uh, putting me on the radio. Now, um, what is the biggest piece that you had to, uh, cut for a customer? And when you cut these for customers, you know, you said you have to put them through a process where they have to dry and they could take a long time to dry. Now, obviously you let them know, um, that, Hey, it's going to take three months, four months, six months. So what is their, like, what do they think when you tell them it's going to take that long to get that piece of uh, that slab of wood that you cut for them? Um, you know, most of the times they kind of know the process already, but if they don't, um, you know, you just, you explain to them, you know, Hey, I need to cut this. I need to let it air dry for, you know, six months to a year sometimes just depending on the thickness, because if I don't, if I rush this process, the quality of wood that will come out of the drying process will not be good and you won't be happy with the end product. So you just, yeah, just making sure you communicate if sometimes not over communicate, you know, why, what steps I take, why I take those steps, because ultimately like I want you to be, you know, just blown away by the product that you get from me. Man. Okay. So I understand the six months, but to a year, you bet. I mean, my, my thing is, and you don't have to answer this. I'm just throwing it out there. How is that actually profitable if you literally, you know, cut this big slab or whatever and you have to wait a year? Do you get paid up front? Do you get paid at the end? I mean, that's kind of a, that's kind of weird. I, I mean, I understand it. I understand the process, but that's just, that's a long time. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so I have not run into that yet with any customers, you know, custom sign. Um, so basically, yeah, I have, I have to really be on my A game. I'm always constantly searching Iowa for timber so I can, you know, saw that timber up and so I can let it sit for, you know, six months for like inch thick pieces where a year for two inch thick piece, then stick it in the kiln for a couple months. So, you know, right now I have a big stockpile of logs that I need to cut up and I have a big stockpile of already slabbed up logs that are air drying, waiting to go to the kiln um, so yeah, it's, you know, you got to be on your game. You've got to be a year, probably I'd say a year ahead of the process just to, just to have product to sell. Wow. That is amazing. Now, when you have to change the saw blade, do you change it or do you sharpen it? I mean, literally how big is the saw blade? So the saw blade is 158 inches, uh, continuous. It's just a bit like a huge rubber band uh, or like a, a band saw blade that you would have on your you know, your wood shop bandsaw. Um, so I can cut, um, I guess to answer your question, uh, typically if I hit metal or if I hit concrete, the blade is garbage because you've, you've either knocked teeth off that blade that cannot be fixed. Um, but you know, if you're burning through lot or cutting up logs and you just get a dull blade, I just take them off. I'll send them into wood miser. They have a program called, called the resharp program. 
They will resharpen those blades for me, send them back to me at a cost. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, how many times do you actually hit concrete or uh, like metal in a tree? Uh, concrete, not much. Um, you know, the one thing with urban trees is, you know, you've got birdhouses, you've just got my lost dog pictures, you know, so you hit nails often. Um, they are progressing in the sawmill blades where they're trying to make bimetal blades. So if you, you chuck out a piece of metal, you can keep going with that blade. Because um, typically if you hit metal with a blade and your cut's really going to suffer, you're going to get wavy cuts, almost deeming that slab unusable. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's not going to cut very well at all. So at that point, you chuck the blade and start with a fresh one. <laughs> I hate take, to see how much one of those blades cost. They're not terrible. You know, it's it, the, the more you buy, um, the cheaper they get. They're, you know, maybe around $25, $30. Oh, okay. That's not bad. Yeah, not terrible, but, you know, you hate to charge a customer for it, but you, you do. When I, when I go on mobile milling jobs, I say, hey, you know, it's $75 an hour. And then if I hit a, hit a piece of metal, you know, you're, you're going to pay for the blade at 30 bucks. Or if I go through a blade and it just becomes dull, you know, we're looking at 25 to $28. Well, you got, I mean, you got to, you got to do that because, you know, you don't want to cut yourself short and your time's valuable. I mean, exactly. You know, it, you know, my dad's got a business and sometimes when my dad used to back in the day when he was uh, doing a lot of work, he would give him a price and they'd look at him, you know, and it's like, Oh, I thought you're just going to do it for the materials. No, I, I got to make a little bit of profit too. You know, yeah. my time is valuable. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. So um, now when you're not doing this side gig, uh, uh, woodworking type job, what do you do? Uh, like what is your, your <clears throat> main job, your main uh, moneymaker? Oh, well, I'm actually in a transition phase of my life. Um, up until, you know, this last week here, I was, uh, I worked for John Deere. I'm a service technician for them. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And just the time constraints of, you know, being in agriculture this spring and the fall hours just got crazy long and you just get burnt out. So I've recently transitioned uh, August 2nd. I'll be starting a new job as a service manager. Uh, for uh, kind of a construction equipment rental company. Oh, okay. Well, so, yeah, I'll be kind of hanging up the wrenches and kind of getting behind a desk and um, just kind of leading leading men, lining up work uh, for these other service technicians to do. I know in Delaware, I think the name of the company is called Taylor Messick, I believe. I'm not 100% sure, but they have a John Deere museum, and they're also a John Deere dealer. And, man, they got so many different John Deere tractors and uh, they even made bikes back in the day, and uh, um, uh, and a lot of people don't know, and and I don't know if they have these in Iowa uh, combines. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. You you see a couple here in Florida, but not like in Delaware. I mean, every time you turn around, there's a combine here. Eh, I think I've may may have seen in 40 years. Well, I'm 49, but in the 40 years I've lived here, maybe three. Really? And yeah. So. Uh, but that's crazy. Well, we're going to go ahead and get ready to wrap up this episode. Um, before I let you go, do you have any final thoughts or anything you'd like to say? And then just go ahead and share your uh, social media. You bet. Um, I guess starting out being a side gig, um, there's a lot of times when things just don't go smooth and you question yourself, you know, why am I doing this? Is this worth it? And it is, you know, take, take failures as a success. You're going to learn from your failures keep pushing. Um, if, if the door keeps opening, 
keep opening that door, keep walking through it, just keep trying as hard as you can. And sometimes you just have to let things fall into place. Um, yeah, I guess with that being said, um, you know, my business is Heartland Timber LLC. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. I believe I even have a video on the Facebook page that shows um, the process of me loading a log with the log arch onto the trailer, little short video. And I might have a few snippets of the sawmill in action. So yeah, if you're looking for some entertainment, go check the page out. <laughs> and you do ship if somebody would like to get something from you. I do ship. Yeah. Now these days it's a little tricky with, you know, the post COVID uh, ship, shipping stuff is a little tricky. So I always get quotes before we ship items. I always do like a, a zoom or a FaceTime to allow the, the person to look over the slab um, to see what they're getting before I ship it out and you get it. And you're like, Oh, this isn't what I thought it was. I'm not happy with this. Yeah. So that's kind of how we roll with that. All right. And, and if anybody would like to get out of the holes, I can't even talk. If you would like to get out of the hope, hold on, take got three. It, if you, you would it. like to get a hold of the Jose show, I have a Facebook page and a group. So just look up the Jose show on Twitter. I am at Jose Roldan Jr. That's at J O S E R O L D A N Jr. And on Instagram, I am the Jose Roldan. That's T H E J O S E R O L D A N. Uh, this afternoon, we were talking with Matthew Holland from Heartland Timbers LLC. Once again, Matthew, I'd like to thank you for being on the show and make sure you share this podcast episode with your friends and family. And thank you. And thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Jose. It's been a pleasure. All right. Here we go. Thanks for listening to The Jose Show. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And see you next time on The Jose Show.